Act three, money. Act three. Act three. Yes, Bunny, my friend, it's time once again for all of us here at the Pope on Film Podcast to casually mosey on down to our third act. And in case you didn't know, the third and final act of the Pope on Film Podcast is where we finally and eventually discuss our all-new low-fat, high-fiber, same-great-taste movie of the week! And so this week, it is our tenth film in our summer-long celebration of deceased actor Fred Willard yes. with a look at what may be his lowest-ranking Christopher Guest film, the 2016 film, For Your Consideration. Ta-da. Now, well, once again, before we uh, dive into the film, let's once again visit the good old Fred Willometer to see just how much Fred Willard is in this film. And I'm sad to say that unlike the last three movies we've done, Fred Willard does not appear five minutes into this film. He did not. I had it more like around 20. Yeah, very, very sad about that. Uh, Fred, you, Fred Willard usually has some pretty big parts in these Christopher Guest movies, but not in this one. I feel that he's got a, a, a criminally small part. Fred Willard's character is one of those um, characters that I would like to see more of. I feel that the movie is a pretty good movie when they're filming the movie. Yeah. But when they leave filming the movie, I just stop caring. Because now what? I've got to care about these horrible, dumbass people. Yeah. Like, um, but Fred Willard pops in 32 minutes in as one half of the host of the TV show Hollywood now. And the best thing about Fred Willard, which I have learned so far during our summer of Fred Willard, is that even if he's in a small part, he still rocks it. Fun fact about Fred Willard, did you know he was posthumously uh, nominated for an Emmy? No. Yeah, uh, apparently, I never, I, I hardly ever saw this show because it just annoyed me. But uh, Modern Family. Okay wrapped up their final season and so the Emmys are looking to to try and give them all of the Emmys one last time. Okay. Apparently he was the father um, Fred Willard was. He was the father like Fred Dunphy or whatever. Like he was like the grandfather. He was the grandfather yeah. of the family. And so uh they they finished the the final season of Modern Family and Hollywood being Hollywood they're like in this final season a major cast member will die and then it just ended up being Fred Willard's uh, like grandfather character and and people were upset and they're like oh that's not a major character he's in like this many episodes yeah. That's a big letdown, but it was his last episode, and then he died after that. So the Emmys gave him like a like a like a best guest actor on a sitcom or something like that on a TV show or drama. Like uh, so, so yeah, he he got posthumously nominated for an Emmy. Fred Willard is when he has a small part because we're we're still in the Fred Will Willometer, you know. 
my big takeaway from the summer of Fred Willard is that when he has a small part, he still does a really good job. This film had a budget of three hundred million dollars. Gee, how much does how much does funny hats cost anyway? <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love Fred Willard. Uh, uh, blind prostitutes. Yes. I used, oh God. I used that joke on my wife this morning. She really liked it. Okay. So, Bunny. Yep. What are What are your thoughts on this week's movie for your consideration? Your silence oh, I, I like there. There were parts that I really liked, and just found funny. But but like I'm I'm really kind of thinking I may feel more the way you do, where where once we were shooting home for Porum, I, I I was fine. But as soon as you got out into the outside world, I kind of drifted away a bit. Yeah. I, I just think the movie isn't that funny. I think it's dry and it's a bit boring. I mean, what's the big takeaway from this movie that actors are douchebags? Like, ooh, what a hot take. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's... Uh, the best thing I can say about this film is that it's an hour and 20 minutes long. It looks... Like it's missing something. Like it's missing a sincerity that other Christopher Guest movies have. Okay, and so let me skip to the end of my notes because uh, I think that one of the reasons why this film did not do that great in the box office, it's not a goddamn mockumentary. Yeah, no, not really. It's it's really just a just a scriptless a scriptless film, but it's not a mockumentary. Like I, what I think would have improved the film is if they made this movie to be a documentary about the movie Home for Purim. Yeah, that would have made it more interesting. But no, like like like. I, 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 this is just a movie. This is just Christopher Guest attempting to make a movie, and it's just like I don't know. I I find funny. I I find Southern Jews funny. Yeah, yeah. They 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 just do not seem to go together. And also, I I feel that all of the the actors, the like four main actors in the movie Home for Purim, I feel like like. This film is lacking in wacky characters. Like yeah. this film has no Corky St. Clair, has no uptight dog owners, has no Main Street singers. It's just packed with a bunch of asshole Hollywood types that I don't particularly want to see. Yeah. And there are some wacky characters like Ricky Gervais and 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 stuff, but but you see them for like seconds and then they you know. Yeah. Like the wacky characters that I might like are barely in this. It mainly focuses on some just sort of uh, douchebag actors. Maybe if I was and here's an maybe if I was actually in Hollywood, this would have been funnier to me. Like I, I don't really particularly you know? find the movie bad. I just don't find it a Christopher Guest movie. Yeah. I feel that maybe this film would have been funnier if I was in Hollywood, you know, yeah. if I had done 20 different Hollywood productions. 
then then maybe this would have been funnier. Maybe this is just so good of a parody of Hollywood that I don't find it funny because I'm not in Hollywood. Yeah. Like this this is just this is an hour and twenty minute inside joke. Yeah. That only like a Hollywood actor or producer or screenwriter would find funny. I I kind of found it funny that there is inside talk about an Oscar nomination. Yeah. I, I found that whole bit pretty funny. I found that, that whole except like I I feel like they carried it too far. Yeah. Also, yeah, there were some parts that I found funny. So many times have I met white people who find out that they're like one tenth Cherokee Indian and suddenly, you know, their entire house is filled with dream catchers. You know, so like for some reason and for some reason it is. If if somebody is going to claim a Native American heritage, for some strange reason, it always winds up to be Cherokee. Yeah, yeah. This guy was Choctaw. Yeah, Choctaw Indian. Which but which it, I which I, I I felt kind of relieved over that yeah. he was Choctaw. Yeah. Okay, so Bunny hit us. Why don't you hit us with the plot of the film? Because you're so good at this. At explaining what the plot of a movie is. Uh, basically, they're making a movie, a uh, Hollywood serious drama, family drama kind of thing. Home for Porum. Um, and then it's... Hollywood intrigue off of the set, I would guess. Home yeah. for Porum, a home for Porum looked was a fun concept to play around with, with especially like I said, Southern Jews. But then there was the whole, the whole Hollywood buzz, the e entertainment stuff, the 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 this talk of an Oscar nomination. Um, which which concludes basically with the Oscars coming up, and this movie has gone through changes. It's now like home for Thanksgiving, um, and then nobody wins the Oscars, right? Um, the the old, the son is nominated. For an Oscar, and I think I I think that might be the only nomination that the movie gets. Ah, okay. Is for the son the only one who's not a a, a douchebag? Yeah. yeah. But that's basically it. Yeah, no, that's pretty much it. Um, one thing I will say though, I fucking love Catherine O'Hara. I'm gonna get serious about watching shit. <laughs> this week so i've never bothered to see it but 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 me being a uh, like gen xer i always stray away from whatever's popular yeah 
So, so it, suddenly everyone was talking about how amazing Shit's Creek is, and I'm like, okay, I'm a huge Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy fan, but I'm gonna sit this one out for a while. Yeah, but I love Catherine O'Hara so much that this week I'll I'll I'll, I'll try and uh, give it a chance. You know, you know, she's amazing. She's fucking amazing. I've always liked her. I've always had a thing for her, even when I was a kid watching uh, SCTV. Yes, that's where it started. Yeah, yeah, that's where it began. And then just oh, oh fine, Beetlejuice, uh, Mickey and Mallory, uh, Mitch and Mickey, Mitch and Mitch Mickey. And Mickey. Like, oh, she's fucking wonderful. I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and watch Shit Creek this week. Okay, so for your consideration, 2006 film, my wife and I saw it once it came out in theaters, and I couldn't tell you anything else about it because this is not a memorable film. (laughs) I can tell you deep details of when I saw Waiting for Guffman in theaters. I saw it with Tom. We saw it in Tempe. We saw the first showing, which happened to be at around 1045, so the entire theater was just filled with old people. Yeah. So it was just all of 74-year-olds, and then Tom and I waltz in. But I couldn't tell you when we saw For Your Consideration. We just saw the movie. It, the, it went into through our eyes and into our brains, and then we immediately forgot it. Yeah. No. Okay. Okay. Well, just um, be quiet, okay? Please? Okay, thank you. Um, so I don't remember seeing this movie and apparently I'm not alone because, uh, it cost 12 million to make and it made a little less than half its budget in the box office. So, so if you ask me why this film bombed, I think that like, sure, this is all an inside joke. And also this, this just isn't a mockumentary. It's it's a movie where you're rooting for no one because everyone's a douchebag. Yes. You know? And even the one person, the son, who's not a douchebag, like, there's nothing in any way exciting about him. No. He's just a goddamn blank slate. You don't even learn anything about him. So it's just like, like, I was rooting for a meteor. <laughs> you know? I was rooting for a meteor more than I was any of these people. Like, I want to see more of Bob Balaban and Michael McKeon. I want to see more yeah. of the Mark people, Sandra Oh and Richard Kind. God, I love Richard Kind. I want to see more of the studio president, Ricky Gervais. I want to see more of Fred Willard's TV host character. But the movie focuses on just like these, the, the three main actors who all suck. Yeah. But I, I think I think I think it proves your point that like I really actually kind of enjoyed it, even though I noticed I did drift away a bit at the end. Um, but it is fucking forgettable because I'm goddamn having yeah. a hard time remembering what I saw just last night. Yeah. Fun fact, uh, Catherine O'Hara plays an actress who uh, goes crazy when her small art film gets Oscar buzz around it. So, of course, Hollywood said Catherine O'Hara's performance would have gotten her an Oscar. Yes. 
So like, so the movie got Catherine O'Hara Oscar buzz for her performance as an actress whose performance in a oh, movie. Really? Yeah, like they said that she does that. Like the movie is forgettable, but Catherine O'Hara's performance as an actress who goes crazy over Oscar buzz could that get her an Oscar nomination? So it was basically <laughs> just it was Oscarception. Yes. And then, of course, she wasn't nominated because, like, Christopher Guest movies don't get nominated for fucking Oscars. But the fact that they people said you might get Oscars, an Oscar nomination for this film where you're an actress who get, might get an Oscar nomination. That's so fucking Hollywood. Yes. Yes, it is. So much. And also, I've said this before. I will say it again. I love Parker Posey. Yes. So much. she could very much be one of my ex-girlfriends Debbie if she was just uh, three feet shorter sunk of cheap weed and looked a bit more like a goblin okay Uh, the movie within a movie uh, might be based on a real thing because apparently in 1966 NBC ran a made for TV movie called Home for Passover okay Wilder was in it and so that might be the basis for the scene within a scene home, uh, the the movie within a movie home for Purim. But uh, I don't particularly like this movie. I especially don't like it once they leave the the movie set. But um, like like I found it entertaining looking at all of the the small time uh, people who I know who were in this movie. Yeah. Like, uh, like Derek Waters, the creator of Drunk History, was at the end in the film class, and I'm like, oh, look at you, the, Derek Waters. You you do Drunk History on car, the Comedy Central. Like, good for you. Like, like little. So many people are in this movie. Yeah. I want more of Jim Halpert's police drama that focuses solely on paperwork. Yes. Yes. I would like that more than watching this movie. <laughs> a dramatic movie about there's been a robbery. I must fill out a 182-94. Yes. You know? I want I I I want to see more of that. Especially now because Jim Halpert's like a like a like an action star. So that'd be a fun departure for him. Anyway, I, I don't particularly like this movie. <laughs> Not that big of a fan. There's, there's just, yeah, there's something missing. Like, like the, there's, there's nothing in this movie that would make me want to go back and see it. Yeah. Okay. As opposed to all the other Christopher Guest movies, which like I can quote and like I have memorized. I'll uh, always have a Dairy Queen. Yes, the you day will. Oh, so y'all. But 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 this movie, like like the, the, there's nothing memorable in this, yeah, at all. So 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 that's that. So that's this week. <laughs> um, next week, let me let me see if I can. Uh, I. 
Okay, let's not play with the Legos right now because okay, I am. That one can be natural, and this one can be. Okay, so I I spent a really long time looking for Fred Willard's first film, uh, a Grindhouse movie called Teenage Mother from 1967. Okay. No, they're mine. No, give them to me. They are mine. You're not going to take them and give them to everybody else in the house. They're mine. Give them to me. But, Dad. They, no, they're mine. Dad. They are mine. Dad. So I, I I looked and looked and looked, and I couldn't find it. And, and I was trying and trying and trying. And then finally, I found... Oh, it wasn't on archive.org. Yeah, no, it was on YouTube. I found it on YouTube. Okay. Um... And the way that they got away with it was that, it, 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 you know, like, a, you know, some uh, Mr. Lobo cinema insomnia ish. Hey, I'm a I'm a movie host. Yeah. And so we're going to watch this movie this week. And. uh it's it's no longer even on YouTube. They took it oh. off of YouTube. That's fine, because I downloaded it. Oh, cool, okay. I downloaded <laughs> it, so I've got it right here, and it's hosted by Deranged Visions Theater. So okay. it's Deranged Visions Theater presents Teenage Mother from 1967. I haven't bothered to see it all the way through, so I don't know what they have added to the film, but it is the full, complete Grindhouse movie, Teenage Mother. Okay. Just like some, I, I don't know, behind-the-scenes drive-in sort of stuff in the beginning. You know, like a movie previews and stuff like that. Yeah. That sort of a thing. But it's not well, on the always fun. Yeah. It's not on the Cough Cough yet, our shared uh, thing, but I'll, I'll put it on there uh, once I'm done with this. But yes, Fred Willard's first film. Okay. Cool. I was going to do, I, I was going to do, I just got a copy of Salem's Lot because I heard that Fred Willard was in that. Yeah. But I had no fucking idea that it was a made-for-TV miniseries. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, no fucking clue. It's just all my life I have seen, like, copies of Salem's Lot everywhere. So I assumed that this was some movie that just came out in the 60s or 70s, like some 70s movie that came out around about Carrie. But, like, no, this is a fucking TV miniseries. And also, I've heard it's fucking great. They, they, they... Well, to the best of my knowledge, okay, uh, I believe that this is the very first time that the idea of a vampire having to be invited in became a thing. I've never heard of that before Salem's Lot. Yeah. I I never heard of that before what we do in the shadows. Yeah. Yeah. When they're trying to get into nightclubs and they're trying to have the bouncer invite them in. Yeah, and it was it was cool because well, this was also when Stephen King was just starting to get hot. You yeah. know, like he got he got kind of lucky with The Shining. Well, there was Carrie before that, 
But the Shining kind of was the one that made him a name. Yeah. You know? And that's when I started reading his book. So I read Salem's Lot, like, just before this wound up coming out. And I was like, oh, cool. I just read this book. <laughs> huh. And yeah, it's so, not bad, but it's all, you know, you could look and see it's all all uh, TV people from that time. Yeah, and, and it looks like it was it looks like it was filmed in the back lot of Universal Studios. And motherfucking like, Lance Kerwin, okay? Lance, Lance Kerwin. Lance Kerwin. Jesus. So we're not doing that this week. We're we because uh, yeah, because I found Teenage Mother. I, I've, I've spent the entire summer of yeah. Fred Willard looking for his first film. So it's a really big deal, that, to me at least, that I finally found it. Yes. I don't know what Deranged Visions Theater is, but that's what we're doing next week. And maybe after that, uh, Salem's Lot. Uh, the summer of Fred Willard might be longer than the summer. <laughs> like so everything much. else in 2020. Yeah, like everything else in 2020. So that makes sense. So that's next week. We're watching the 1967 film Teenage Mother. So happy that I didn't have to pay like $20 on Amazon to get this movie. And uh, can you put that toy down, Eleanor? These silly pants. Silly britches. Britches, I said, to be clear. Uh, so that's next week. Next week's going to be exciting. But now that I've uh, that I'm looking back at this week, the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, Kingdom of the Sun, uh, Marty Jannetty, yes. Tiki Culture. I gotta say, I think uh, this has been a pretty good episode. This has been a damn good episode. Okay, good. I felt the same way, but I wanted to hear the one. You're the one who makes that decision. I didn't want to step on your toes, but yes, I concur. I concur with your assessment, good sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend Steve. And on behalf of Eleanor and Bella and Maxwell and everybody else in the house, I just want to say thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. Stop attacking me with a taco, Eleanor. Stop it. Uh, And we will see you next week, you godless heathens. You want to say Andrew? Andrew. Andrew what? Poop. Andrew poop. Okay. Do, 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 do. Cut and print. And print on cookie. Cut. And okay. print.